You're listening to Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out, and today, it's Jojo Rabbit. Uh, this is a new Taika Waititi movie about a Hitler youth at the end of the war, and you can listen to, like, probably 20 minutes of this without getting spoiled, maybe even more. We do t- stay t- say a specific spoiler warning when it comes up, so... I hope you enjoy this uh, episode, and here is I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles, but it's in German. Classic Movies Live on Heatwave Radio, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. I don't know why I always forget that. Like, the words never come to me. But uh, anyway, today we're talking about uh, Jojo Rabbit. Pierre, tell us about Jojo Rabbit. Well, it's not about rabbits, if that's the first thing you're thinking. But Um, there is a rabbit in this movie. There is. Well, not for long. That's true, yeah. Um, But uh, So essentially, Jojo Rabbit is about a young boy who... Grew, grows up in Nazi Germany and has an imaginary friend of the name of Adolf Hitler. Yeah, he is a very zealous Hitler youth. Yes. Really believes in the cause. He has to deal with conflicting ideologies between himself and the people he loves and that and we kind of follow him on his path towards because he happens to be in a up. yeah he happens to be in a setting which we're going to talk about where uh, people around him uh, are not as zealously into the Nazi cause. Several people around him. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of 
It's interesting because he's kind of like alone in how much he believes in Hitler and what he's doing. Yeah. At a time where at least not being from Germany, you know, we would have expected maybe there would be a little more, a few more followers, I guess. Anyway. Well, I think there... Oh, there there certainly were. There were. There's a surprising amount of characters that... That were not very Nazi-esque. But I would I, say that, like, most of the characters in this movie aren't... I mean, they are all Nazis technically, but, like, most of the characters in this movie kind of aren't Nazis by choice. It's just convenient, I guess. Yeah, which I think kind of... It's a cool reflection of mm-hmm. the time. Because I, I feel like not everyone was into... I don't want to get into the whole history. <laughs> yeah, but, sure, sure. Um, Yeah, I don't... I think I think it, it handled it very well. Yeah, it is interesting though because it's not necessarily a uh, that's not necessarily a viewpoint that gets portrayed in this way a lot. Because yeah. like you'll have movies that are specifically about people resisting the Nazis, or you'll have movies that portray Germans at the time as Nazis. But this one did sort of uh, a little a, a little bit of both in a kind of unique way. Yeah, and I, I like that. It's because mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of movies portrayed Germans during World War II era as very, you know, not good. Mm-hmm. But then this movie kind of humanizes them. Yeah. Just like, like for example, the, what's his name? Justin Hammer. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's character was very, he was a Nazi and he was like. Really he was a, he was a commanding command- officer. Yeah. But he also had his res- reservations about it. Well, he like. He didn't seem very enthusiastic about anything. He's like, well, we're going to lose the war, so what even matters yeah. anymore? Well, that's true. They, it, it, the movie's placed in a point where... It, the movie is placed in the very last year of the war, I think. Like, the last couple of weeks. Even, yeah, it might be, like, even later where everyone kind of... It seems like everyone in Germany is starting to acknowledge that, mm-hmm. okay, like, maybe this isn't going our way. Yeah, and a couple of the people in the town that they didn't show as much, but also, I guess, Sam Rockwell's character, like... It was pretty clear that they just sort of had enough of the war and were ready to go back to life as usual. Yeah. And, um, which actually also is something interesting that, uh, this movie takes place at the end of the war and there's the war going on, there's the war effort, all that stuff. But within the town, it is pretty much life as usual. Like Mm. early on into the, early on into the, uh, movie, he goes out running errands with his mother and it's you know there's there's special errands because it's a war like you know they go to the local gallows and see the people that are hanging Mm -hmm. but uh (laughs) it otherwise it's just sort of you know nothing out of the ordinary really yeah or very little out of the ordinary anyway yeah and i like that Mm -hmm. it was nice so what did you think about the adolf Hitler character. Yeah, I guess we sort of, uh, I, I like, I don't know what it is, but I like to gloss over that when I talk about this movie, because I wrote a review for the Phoenix as well, and um, my first draft of the review didn't even mention the fact that Hitler is his imaginary friend until like three paragraphs in. Right. So like, that is very important in this movie, but I feel like, so the trailer really played it up. And Hitler, uh, Taika Waititi plays Hitler in this movie as uh, a 10-year-old's imaginary friend version of Hitler. Yeah. Uh, And he is in this movie. He is very important in this movie. He's kind of not as important as the trailers make him out to be. No, not at all. Because I had thought from the trailers that this was going to be like 
but he was basically going to be always there and it was going to be a constant dialogue between Jojo and uh, Hitler. Mm -hmm. But Hitler is sort of there the same way that a dad is in a movie where the dad is there but isn't the main character. Yeah. Because that's actually kind of the role that Hitler takes in this movie is Jojo doesn't have a dad because he's off fighting in the war. Mm -hmm. And um, so Hitler is there to, you know, talk to Jojo and on occasion he actually gives really fatherly advice which seems like it seems super strange coming from Hitler but that's you know also Also just his imaginary friend so it's just what that Hitler is everything that that kid needs in the moment which is a really weird sentence Mm. and I don't like (laughs) but well he's there he's just I think he's more he ends up being a plot device which I was kind of sad to see it was just he was more of a frame of reference for uh, Jojo's mind. I don't know if plot device is quite... Yeah, I think maybe not plot device. You're, you're right with what you're saying, but I don't know if plot device is the right... Uh, it's just because... reflection. Yeah, because Jojo like starts the movie off, as we've already said, he starts the movie off as a very fervent Nazi, and by the end of the movie has more or less renounced that entire ideology. Mm-hmm. And so throughout this... Hitler is the uh, is his is the reflection of that happening inside in his mind because mm. Hitler starts out you know he they're really good friends because they're because they're both Nazis and mm. Hitler is obviously the 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 top dog mm. and then by the end you know Hitler is very angry a very scary dude to be around because that is now Jojo's perception of Nazis yeah of Hitler and um, I did like how. Like, I guess I liked how much he was in it because mm-hmm. he wasn't really what was interesting about the movie. The thing is, it was advertised so heavily. Yeah. And all of it, it felt like one of those comedies where, like, all the good jokes were in the trailer. But in this case, like, all the Hitler's jokes were in the trailer. And Hitler's jokes were good in this, but also he wasn't, like you said, the best part of the movie. There was no. other very, very cool stuff in know. this. This is, like, one of those times where... I think because there was a lot of people talking about like, oh, it's like so crazy to have Hitler as like an imaginary best friend. Mm -hmm. But then honestly, in the movie, it didn't really matter that much. He wasn't that important. So I just it's one of those instances where the media like overhype something. Mm -hmm. You don't really get what you want. But like it made sense plot wise. Yeah. He he had very limited screen time. It was all good. And I also do want to say that like if the trailers hadn't focused on – Hitler being the imaginary friend. Like, if they'd focused on something else and tried to, like, really portray what this movie was about, I don't think I would have been as interested. Because, like, the individual... If you cut out individual scenes of this movie and try to show what this movie is about, it seems very not special. Like, it's, I don't know, a wartime drama and... I mean, maybe maybe it's just because I grew up in Germany and there's a lot of German movies that don't necessarily reflect this but a lot of individual scenes look like scenes i've seen from other movies yeah so the trailers definitely focused on the good part for the trailers even though it wasn't necessarily the good part of the movie if that makes sense yeah okay I, cool i like that see we're looking at it uh so there was a lot of conflicting <laughs> things about the movie like we have a we have a laptop in front of us and you don't have to read word for word on I the know, laptop but if you don't want <laughs> I to. was just I get I get flustered and I have to look at it but 
Conflicting. Yeah, I don't really know what that means. But I guess I want to talk about how humor, they, like, this is Taika Waititi. He, mm-hmm. he loves, I, I can tell he loves to play with humor and drama. Yeah. And heavy emotions and mixing those two things together. Um, How do you think this movie did with that? Um, I think this movie did a really good job. Uh, it's, it does that I'm, I'm just trying to think of like previous taika waititi stuff i've seen i would imagine this movie is probably very similar to hunt for the wilder people but i haven't seen that um but i have seen uh what we do in the shadows hmm. which was definitely significantly more of a comedy than a drama but did also yes. play with those themes a little bit mm-hmm. and i'm just thinking that this is sort of an evolution of that it, it goes this movie's I would say a little more of a drama than a comedy. Yeah. But it also plays with, you know, I say a little more because it mixes the two pretty evenly and also pretty well. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, Compared to Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People, so I can't really say much there. I I will say they were pretty similar. And I I think Jojo Rabbit was definitely funnier, but Mm -hmm. it, it is a lot. They're both a lot about kids dealing with yeah. loss in some form and growing past that mm-hmm. so similar in that way yeah i i there were parts where the like i think the drama could have been handled better in some cases yeah actually i think that's what i was gonna say is there's parts in this where it didn't bother me that much but it did seem like i think there's one scene where like I don't remember exactly what this is. So this isn't a verbatim scene out of the movie. It's just sort of an example of what I'm saying. Like, I think there's a scene at the gallows or something where there's this horrifying thing that happens. And then a couple of minutes later, there's a joke. And it's yeah. like, it it kind of seems too soon. Like, yeah. I can see how people... There are a few spots where uh, this movie sort of jumps between tones pretty wildly. Yeah. And for the most part, it's it's fine... But I think that whether or not it works is like a taste thing, which means it doesn't necessarily completely work. Yeah. So um, he pl- he plays with both of those tones, and like it doesn't always land, but no. he he gets he gets pretty close. Yeah, I I like how he tries. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I it felt very similar to Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some scenes, like for example, like Odin's death. It was a it was a really I thought it was handled kind of well but it just it felt rushed yeah Uh, i would i could agree with that i personally thought it was handled poorly but it's like the mm. scene itself is good yeah but it's such a minor part of everything that's going on that Mm. i have completely forgotten it feels like a pretty much yeah it It feels feels like like it's almost not part of the movie yeah um and that it and when you by doing that it feels like his Odin's death didn't really mean any much to the characters because it didn't mean much in the movie. Exactly. You know? And, like, it should have meant a lot, but instead, you know, it it seemed like it didn't. I was going to say, like, the most powerful emotional Thor moment we get is in Endgame, but, I mean, that's there's that's a whole different... Whole thing. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I felt similar problems in this movie. They're very slight. Yeah, I'm not. I I honestly don't know how to fix them, but and I would say that the movie didn't have that specific problem we're dealing we're, we're talking about because like when there was a major major event that really mattered, like a death or something, it definitely made its presence felt on the movie. In this yeah. one, I thought uh, certainly more than Odin. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Okay, I don't want to get into spoilers for yet. sure. Um, 
Yeah. And then, um, like, I loved how different all the people were. Oh, yeah, because we had there, – there was Sam Rockwell who had pretty much given up on life, I guess. Yeah, well, each character had a lot of, like, life behind yeah, them. Yeah, and they had a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though, like – I really liked Rebel Wilson in this. I don't know yeah. – I mean, <laughs> I actually always like her in everything I see her in, but I never go into a movie expecting to like her, which is weird, but, mm-hmm. you know – um, and I really liked her in this. She was, she played uh, a Nazi recruiter. Or I think so. And like, camp. anytime someone, anytime JoJo would bring up weird propaganda about some race, she'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know about them." And like, tell this really strange story that definitely did not have anything to do with that race being evil. Yeah. But like, always spun it in such a way that it was like, I think he says, "So what do you know about Jewish mind control?" And she goes. My uncle, my my uncle was mind controlled by a Jew. It gave him a, it, it made him, it made him take up gambling. It gave him a terrible drinking problem, and 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 I think she like implies that he then sexually abused her, uh, her cousin or something. Yeah, uh, I don't remember that, but I I could be wrong. But like, oh no, cheated on his wife. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah, and it, it gave him a drinking problem, a gambling problem, and made him cheat on his wife. That's Jew mind control for yeah. you. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't think that has anything to do with Jew mind control at all. Yeah, I, I really, yeah, she was very eccentric, eccentric, but also they didn't have much screen time, which was really no. smart because that that could have been a little tiring yeah. after a while. I could see, but no, they they kept her in for the right amount. They she played it really well, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and then like. Sam Sam Rockwell, Alfie Allen, like Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, he did. He had almost no lines, but he was he was yeah. fun to watch because he was just like he was always like very angry and very serious. Because he, I, I guess, he was putting on an act because the it few was. times that you see, I mean, obviously he's an actor, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> like every the few times you see him where he doesn't know people are watching, he's not bad at all and then like he immediately turns angry and fervent and, like shoots a gun in the air or something yeah and then i don't i don't know why but like i really cared about like like care like really small characters like his character mm-hmm. even though he yeah like he's well, i cared about his one. character because his character was very 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 close to sam rockwell's character oh yeah so. sam rockwell's <laughs> character was awesome i feel like i still feel so bad i can't remember their names but i don't we oh, never I, remember names i don't know Alfie Allen had a name, but, like, it was mentioned, like, twice. Yeah. And then Sam Rockwell, obviously, that's on us. We should have remembered that. Yeah, we should have. And, yeah, uh, Scarlett Johansson, honestly, like... Scarlett Johansson... One of the best performances she's ever done. I think she was the best performance in this movie, for sure. Definitely, yeah. And, like, this is... I... I can't think of anything I've seen her in that I've liked her more. Um, Yeah, off the top, I hit my head, no. Maybe Endgame. But I didn't like her that much in Endgame. No? Oh, like, okay. at least, I mean, she's still Scarlett Johansson. She still did a good performance. But mm-hmm. I thought Endgame was not one of her stronger ones. Okay. But uh, this one for sure was. Mm-hmm. I, I am perhaps jumping the gun here a little bit. But I foresee, or in any case, hope that she gets an Oscar nomination for this. Yeah. And the Oscars love Sam Rockwell, so they'll just throw one at him anyway. They'll get one anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, like, she played so many parts of that. Because it was a very 
diverse character. Yeah. Like, there were many ways to play her, and she was a very animated, mm-hmm. eccentric person, but also she played off that I don't, kind of vulnerability. Like, very might, slight, but... It might be spoilers to talk too much about her character, so I do have another a couple of other things to say about her when we get into spoilers. Okay. Um, but, like, I mean, you can keep going. I'm just saying. I don't I, know where I yeah. was. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, we'll talk about Scarlett Johansson later. Um, Taika Waititi is Hitler. That was that was just a good, this good fun, choice. Solid, yeah. I love how he, whenever he plays a character in a movie, he plays it. Because I don't, he might not, I don't think he's, like, an amazing actor. But his characters always play to, like, his strength as an actor. Well, you know? The thing, he, yeah, he might not be an amazing actor, but that's why he never casts himself as the lead in a movie, right? Yeah. He, he casts himself as a character that he has written specifically for him, basically. Yeah, and it's really, really smart because, like, I don't know, I can't see him as, like, a, a very dramatic role. Yeah. Because I don't think he could pull that off. I've never seen, I don't know if he does stand up, and I've never, and I've certainly never seen a stand up, but he plays, he plays his roles in such a way that I'm sure he would be really good as a stand up comedian. Because, yeah. like, those are the strengths he's playing to. In this movie, Hitler is, like, wild he's expressive he's all over the place he's basically a jim carrey role but done by but done by taika waititi yeah um and you know similar in other movies Mm -hmm. i i guess this is probably his most like energized role that i've seen him in Mm -hmm. because like korg was very laid back um the robot in the mandalorian doesn't do very much no, uh, that could have been anyone, honestly. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't even realize it was Taika Waititi. Like, yeah. I had heard, and then I'm like, is that Taika Waititi? Yeah, and then I had to... But anyway. A cute little plug yeah. for him, for something to do. Well, he's also directing an episode later on. That's true, so. yeah. Um, and then, uh, what we do in the shadows, he was... He was a main character. He, he was a main character. He wasn't probably... He wasn't... Well, it was an ensemble. Yeah, I would say that, like, the two people that that... that really that that movie really revolved around were Jermaine Clement's character and a guy I can't remember but the the guy who gets turned into a vampire I would say they had like the the oh, uh, most they had the plot threads that were focused on the most mm. so he was a main character but even in this like he was a main character he just wasn't the one that was being focused on yeah yeah and uh yeah he played that really well mm-hmm. I can't who I can't think of anyone oh Stephen Merchant Oh yeah, As I didn't realize he was twenty feet tall. The uh, what was his? Was was he like one of those secret? He was. Police? Yeah, he was one of the secret police, the Gestapo. Scott. Gestapo. Yeah. I think it's Gestapo. I, I think so, something like that. Um. um so I, like they come around and look for Jews, mm-hmm. and the one scene that he's in, because he's only really in one scene. Yeah. yeah it's like. Amazing scene. Yeah, everything about that scene is played for laughs, and it is terrifying also. Like, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time, and the guy behind me, uh, I think he farted like six times. So, you know, (laughs) he he was also also on the edge of his seat, clearly. (laughs) Yeah, the I loved how he, he played it very... Well, I mean, it was just an amazingly directed scene. Yeah. Also, his, his character was very intimidating... But also, but while never acting intimidating at all. Yeah, it was just like, oh, really weird. it was just like, this is just a routine check. We're just coming through to make sure you don't have any Jews in the walls or communists behind the fridge, you know. Yeah, he played it really mm-hmm. funnily. And he, he never says anything like mean or like 
No, it's Rude. just the knowledge that like he, could. he absolutely will take you away if he thinks that if he finds anything out of place. Yeah, and I think that almost made it scarier mm-hmm. of him like acting that way. Yeah. Even though you kind of know he knows something. Exactly. You know. So, um and then I his height definitely helped in this role. Yeah. I think I think it was it kind of helps was... the comedic effect of and how also, ridiculously I'm, tall he is, but then also the intimidation factor. So, like, he is a ridiculously tall man, but also I'm pretty sure that, like, there are... The one time you see him, his full body, I'm pretty sure that, like, Taika Waititi was playing with perspectives in these mm. scenes specifically to make him look taller, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And if he wasn't, then, like, holy crap, Stephen Very Merchant tall. is 10 feet yeah. tall. Well, he was... He was playing off of Sam Rockwell, who, and I don't think he's, I think he's pretty short. Yeah, he's like yeah. like 5'7". Or I mean, five yeah, Sam Rockwell and a literal child. So, So yeah. it's like, he's tall already by comparison, <laughs> but I think there actually might have been some perspective yeah. wonkiness here. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It'd be cool to know, for sure. Yeah, and then, yeah, the directing, I think, I think it was really solid. Like, it, I'd say it was mostly, like, this was mostly in the writing. Mm-hmm, my opinion. Mm-hmm. I love the aesthetic of the camp at the start. Yeah. You don't met, spend much time there, though. Um, but yeah, things like, I think it was paced really well. Like, well, the, actually, there's something that I forgot to bring up earlier. One thing I really liked about this movie. So, like, one of the themes is the cult of personality that the Nazis inspired. Because, like, the kid's, uh, the kid's imaginary friend is literally Hitler. Mm. And so... The you know that's one of the themes is this cult of personality, and I think that they the um, one of the coolest choices they made in this is they had a bunch of pop songs from like the sixties, seventies, and eighties yeah. translated into German, but just like in the very big, the opening credits crawl is uh, like is set to "I Want to Hold Your Hand" by the Beatles in German, uh, while they show actual footage. I think it's actual footage of like. Um, Nazis excitedly welcoming, I don't know if it's Hitler, but they're welcoming like some Nazi higher up into their town and it's really, they're really excited. They're like jumping all over the place. It looks, it's specifically designed to invoke Beatlemania. And like, I thought that that came across really, really well. Like that, it really showed, um, sort of the pop star sensibility they were going for. Mm. And, um, it was strongest right at the beginning, which makes sense thematically, because by the end, like, that's, they're not, by the end, the f- basic theme of the movie has changed. Yeah. But um, I thought that was really strong, and, like, doing the, uh, having those German pop, uh, those English pop songs in German um, really helped to get that feeling across. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, I wanted to talk about the music, uh, or at least... That part of the music. I don't know that the score of this movie was anything special. No, I can't remember any. Yeah, I'm sure it was fine. Any particular things? Yeah, that that's a lot of a lot of other elements were pretty. It was basic. actually done by Michael Giacchino, so yeah, that, that, that's cool. He's been kind of on and off for me. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a Danny Elfman type. I feel like because yeah. like he's got those those all time classics. And then he's also just done a lot of busy work. Yeah, well, I, especially recently, mm-hmm. what he's he's been working with uh, Disney a lot now, and I notice his themes are pretty lackluster compared to like because he used to like like the Up theme, the yeah. Incredibles theme, Ratatouille, like all amazing soundtracks. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think the latest one that he did was that was really good was like Inside Out and Rogue One. I think those were both really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then they put him on. Is, I think he's just there's, he's doing a lot of work and yep. he can't get, maintain like the same quality. He yeah, used. I mean there was nothing wrong with this score. It was no, fine, but I we just, can't remember it. Like there's no all. standout track that is gonna live on forever. Yeah, and I, I feel like if it doesn't need that, honestly. Um, I think I think the the emotions, um, like the more dramatic emotions, could have set in more. Sure. With maybe more presence of music. Mm-hmm. Um to really solidify that yeah so because that that can help a lot i'm pretty sure the the scenes the sad scenes were usually like pretty quiet yeah no music so um yeah that was understandable so i mean it could have been better but there was nothing wrong with it yeah i think that really the the main highlight of the soundtrack of this was anyway those those pop songs which Mm -hmm. obviously michael giacchino didn't have anything to do yeah so (laughs) unless (laughs) oh my god is michael giacchino actually john lennon (laughs) Uh, yes. Do you want to get into spoilers? Yeah, let's get into spoilers. Okay. I think we've been talking for like 20 minutes Okay, now, perfect. So. so, spoilers All right, so three, if you haven't, uh, two, spo- last warning. One, Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett Johansson dies. dies. Yeah, I was really sad. <laughs> yeah, um. And it was an amazing revelation, mm-hmm. but also really, like, shocked well, me and kind of messed me up, honestly. I don't remember. Does, does Stephen Merchant search the house? That's immediately before Scarlett Johansson dies. Yeah, so they are unrelated. From, uh, from what I've, I did a little like it. I did a little read. Like I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like this was my theory or anything. But I did some reading on Reddit, and it like the timing of it seem. It seems like Stephen Merchant killed or arrested or killed Scarlett Johansson, and which is why they came to the house to search it. And then Sam Rockwell's character came running to the house because he saw her hanging and realized. That uh, makes that makes a lot of sense. Joe, Joe's in trouble, so yeah, and that that scene is like even more effective in hindsight because yeah, Stephen Merchant's character knows the entire time that yeah, I just I killed your mom. Mm-hmm. I know she's doing stuff for the Allies or like or anti like Nazi and yeah. like like he knows something's there. Mm-hmm. Like he's looking for it, so. um yeah, that scene in hindsight was really, honestly, pretty messed up, you know? Um, and yeah. Well, when I saw that, even though I, uh, in the movie, it's not, that obviously isn't immediately clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, uh, in the movie, Jojo discovers Scarlett Johansson hanging at the gallows, um, literally in the next scene after Stephen Merchant leaves the house yeah so it, all right away it's like okay my fears of steven merchant were justified because whether this was his or not whether this was his work or not yeah clearly there are consequences to being found out by the gestapo i mean yeah. it was obvious there were but now you immediately see it yeah and you're like oh okay yeah yeah and it, it really i think it kind of gave the movie what it was missing mm-hmm. in a sense of well, first of all, the the ma- there's a massive tonal shift after that scene of um, it basically turns into like a pretty hard drama in my yeah not hard but there's still some comedic scenes yes but they're a little fewer and far between and even then they have a different energy to them with yeah. the exception of like the one time that Taika Waititi's Hitler comes back after that scene. 
But I mean, even um, that was even that was weird. a little different because he's actually scary in that part. Yeah, like he's uh, yelling, he's angry, he's mad, and he's got a hole in his head. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a cool touch. I <laughs> yeah, that. but I guess it was because I, I guess like the death of the mom is essentially like the the end of kind of like the innocence of JoJo's life. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, and that's why the movie. And then the movie reflects out because then, like, you realize, oh, like, this is real. And then the war comes and, like, all like a lot of people are dying around him. Yeah, around shortly Jojo. after that, their town literally gets invaded by the Allies. Yeah. So. And it's a, and it's such a weird scene because you're – it's really bittersweet because you're really happy that, oh, like, now JoJo's saved. Or mm. JoJo's – we never talked – oh. That's crazy. We never talked about... Yeah, I was actually just going to mention it. Jewish so, girl. Oh, yeah, there is a Jewish girl in this movie. <laughs> I actually have one other thing to say before we get to that, though. Because um, this is a spoiler, but it's very early in the movie. Jojo, uh, Jojo throws a grenade against a tree by accident, and it lands near him and, like, explodes right in front of him. Yeah. He doesn't die, but he has a limp, and he has, like, some hefty scars from it. Yeah. So, um... He can't be conscripted into the war, which, I mean, he's 10, but that is a thing that happened regardless. Yeah. But, like, one thing that that Taika Waititi does a really good job of showing between, and it's always in the background, is when he's showing Jojo, like, getting his physical therapy and all sorts of stuff, um, he'll always have scenes of, like, the other people around that, for whatever reason, couldn't go to, uh, couldn't go to the war, like... Some of them it's occupational, like there's some shepherds who are doing shepherd work and they need to do that so they can't go to the war. Uh, there's some people that have, like, I think there's one person who's missing a hand. Mm-hmm. There's some other people that have like medical reasons they can't go. So he shows all these people. In the end, when the allies come to invade the village, as the village is getting ready for that, he shows, uh, he makes a point to show all of these people again getting like extremely basic military training because they're going to have to fight now. Yeah. Even though it's obviously lost. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a really nice touch. It was like a nice callback. It was smart. And uh, it sort of like shows how desperate the situation had gotten. Because on the one hand, at this point when the allies are coming in, um, we're thinking, and it's even sort of in the tone of the movie that like, this is hopefully where things are going to go right and everyone and, and Jojo is going to get saved in some way. And like, he's not going to have to worry about this anymore because the war is now over. Yeah. On the other hand, the allies are coming in They're They're not going into the town to kill Hitler. They're going in to take the town. So yeah. they have to defend. So the people in the town have to defend the town. So it's a very hopeless situation at the same time. Yeah. It's sort of got like a dual good and very bad connotation yeah. in in one all in one. Yeah. So there's a Jewish girl in this movie. Yeah. I feel bad. I kind of want to we never talked about any of the child actors and I feel terrible now. So let's talk about those child actors yeah. because we do need to talk about these child actors. Uh, Jojo cool. Yep. I think I I'm not, I don't want to say too much about him. I think he did a solid job. Oh yeah. I don't think he was anything amazing, but I mean, considering he's a kid, yeah, a pretty good performance. I think the only reason I would say JoJo wasn't amazing is because he was outshined by basically everyone else. Yeah, like he 
put beside amazing actors and actresses, uh, even like the other the other kids, friend, the other child, his actor. best friend, who I believe. Oh, I forgot his name. It's uh, Yo- Yogi, I think, is his Yogi. name. <laughs> and so, like, he's this little fat kid that um, isn't very popular, but no one really cares about. He doesn't care too much about the propaganda. No, he's JoJo's. He's JoJo's best friend. Yeah, he's JoJo's best friend. That's all he really cares about. Yeah. Um, I I, I love like, how innocent he is. Yeah, and he just like does really well in the Hitler Youth for some reason. Because yeah. <laughs> like at the very at the very end, he's been conscripted, which was always JoJo's dream. And he's like, yeah, I've been fighting in the war, and uh, and he's got like this new uh, he he's got this new armor that's or not armor. He's got this new uniform that's made out of paper like substance. <laughs> uh, he's seen he's seen like all the different uh, all the different sides that are fighting he's like i saw the russians and like they weren't that scary i saw some jews they weren't scary at all yeah. i saw the japanese and just between uh, you uh, there are only allies and just between you and me they don't look very aryan <laughs> um and then like oh yeah and just like he keeps being in situations where he absolutely should be just exploded by a bomb or something and i think at one point he literally comes over to jojo and he's just like i don't think i can die <laughs> yeah Honestly, if he died, I would have been like, okay, that's too much. Yeah. You can't kill this character. Yeah, at that point, I would have said this movie's too dark. Yeah. Zero out of five. But he, he knowing he survived just gave me, like, so much hope yeah. for, for him. Because, yeah. I, he was such a cool guy. Cool guy. Cool guy. Yeah. I, it's not like he wasn't a deep character or anything. He just, he had some fun lines. Yeah. Um, I think, like, the actor, I'm not going to downplay the actor, played it really well in my Oh, opinion. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would say that, like... Aside from, with the exception of, well, like, alongside Taika Waititi's Hitler, he was the funniest character in the movie. Yeah. No, I'd say he was, in my opinion, he was funnier. He, I, he I would stole, definitely say. I would just say. He stole every, yeah. oh, sorry, yeah. But yeah, he stole every scene he was in. Absolutely. I kept wanting to see him. Yeah. And, but they, they, they never give you enough. Like, yeah. You don't get enough. Which um, is probably good because yeah. like he, he's, he's used the same way Rebel Wilson's character is. He's mm-hmm. just, he's just way funnier. Yeah. Well, they're, they're both like kind of, actually they're pretty, like the way their characters are used are pretty similar, but they're pretty separate. Oh, they're very, idea. yeah. Like Rebel Wilson represents just like the, she's, she's the only character in the movie from what I can tell that's just pure, lovingly Nazi. Yeah. You know? And like loves it, and like is totally fine with being mm-hmm. like, like. Well, she's she acts evil essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's one there's during the uh, during the scene where the allies attack the village. She <laughs> she gives a bomb. She gives a grenade to like a a like live a grenade to a kid and says, "Go give that Russian a big old hug." <laughs> and I'm like, ah, don't do that. I was cr- like, I was so shocked that they like put that in there because yeah. that was like really dark. But yeah. Also, it was hilarious, and I loved it. Um, and she was, yeah, she was handing, <laughs> she was handing guns to kids too, and mm-hmm. and then she, she had a pretty cool death scene, like, mm-hmm. um, in a funny way. Um, but yeah, so his character was amazing. The, the girl, um, I can't remember her name. It's not like, I know the actress's name. What's her name? Thomasin. Thomas. Ooh, that's gonna be rough. Mackenzie. Thomasin. Thomasin. Anyways, she was Elsa. Also, she played a character named Elsa. Elsa. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I don't want to call her the girl. <laughs> yeah. It feels bad. Uh, but she she was solid too. Yeah. So Scarlett. So 
I guess um, for a little bit of context on this, Scarlett Johansson's character dies earlier because she was harboring a Jewish girl. Yes. And it's implied that this Jewish girl knew JoJo's now deceased sister. Um, they may have been classmates. It's never really explained. Yeah. It's just sort of implied. Yeah. And so there's this Jewish girl who hides in the walls. I think she's roughly 16 or 17. And most of the movie, it plays out through JoJo interacting with this Jewish girl. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how his character arc yeah. starts. And, and that he... He has to struggle with his love for his mom and and, and eventually her, mm-hmm. the Elsa, and then also being a Nazi. Yeah. And um, you really see that his particular disdain for, you know, everything everything the Nazis don't like is because of ignorance. Like he's never met a Jew that that he knows. Mm-hmm. And so when he talks to her, he's like, okay, where are your horns? You know, it's a completely ridiculous question, but this is the propaganda he got. Right. And so he thought that, you know, whatever the Nazi party says must be true. Yeah. So he actually like starts talking with her under the pretense of, Oh, I want to write an expose on what Jews are like. So mm-hmm. can you tell me about your people? Uh, where did you come from? When do you get to go back to your cave? Mm. Stuff like that. And like, these are ridiculous questions, but that's the point is he doesn't know Mm -hmm. any better. Yeah. And that's what they were taught. Uh, But yeah, she, she was cool character. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I feel like the writing was a little lacking like i feel like i could have liked her more i guess yeah but i don't think that was any had anything to do with the acting because i think the actress was really really good in this role mm, okay um so yeah probably the writing i i can see how the it, it was tough she seems like a tough character to write because throughout the entire movie she cannot leave the house yeah she's she leaves the house once at the very end when germany has lost the war mm. and like before that She's always in the walls. Jojo basically always has to go to her, even though she's in the house. So she's very constrained just by that. Yeah. And so there's not really much she can talk about. That's um, true. She's also outside. talking to a 10-year-old yeah. for most of the time. And it's really hard to play with a character when they... Because mm-hmm. she obviously has to, like... She's not going to be completely herself mm-hmm. around a 10-year-old. And then also just, like... She doesn't know anyone. Yeah. She's in a very un- unfamiliar environment, so it makes sense that her character is very pretty, relatively reserved. And But I would say, unlike a lot of the... A lot of the characters in this had sort of a funnier side to them and then a more dramatic side, and she had very little humor to her. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but I think that she was sort of the dramatic heart of this movie. Yeah. Um which she did excellently in being. She didn't really have any reason to have a funny side to her, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Her character, anyway. So, um, yeah, she was very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than, okay. Were there any other kid actors? I don't think so. I mean, there were lots of other kids, but no one that was really a main character. Yeah. There were oh. some kids that picked on JoJo in the beginning, and eventually they go off to war, and you never see them again. So which like implies some it's, things. It's sort way. of like it, it. It's kind of it's kind of nasty in the implications, but yeah. yeah. But I means how it was. Yeah, I, I think tight. Like he got a pretty good performance out of the kids. Like he was yeah. like ten 
or 12 or something. So honestly, mm-hmm. like to have a, have a kid star in a role like that. You know, yeah. And a movie with so many like amazing actors and actresses is like, I think, I think Taika, he does a good job of for sure performances out of his kids. He did a, he did a, I think a better job in hunt for the wilder people, but also I think that character was just better. Right. Right. Maybe a better actor. Well, this movie was based on a book where I don't believe hunt for the wilder people was. I had no idea. Yeah. It said it right in the very beginning, just very briefly. Oh, wow. Based on a book called like caged birds or something. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So I don't believe Hunt for the Wilder People was. So perhaps perhaps what we're trying to say is that Taika Waititi is just a better writer than whoever wrote this book. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I want, yeah, I want to look into that. Anyways, I think... Well, I think we've pretty much talked about this movie really as much as we need to. Yeah. Um, would you recommend? Yes, 100%. Probably I, one of the best movies I've seen in... A while. I would definitely say it's one of the best movies I've seen this year, for yeah, sure. This, definitely um, this year. And uh, and I'd say it's like, it's a movie for, I think anyone can get yeah. it. Maybe if you don't like dark humor. <laughs> it does get like, very dark, so like... You gotta learn to play with it. I don't know that I would recommend bringing your very young kids to it, but other than that, like, even, you know, someone who's 13, they'll get a lot out of this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's a bit of a movie for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, good job, Taika Waititi. I hope that this movie gets represented fairly well at the Oscars. Like, yeah. I definitely see a Best Actress. And I think it would be cool to see a Best Director. I don't know if I would say Best Director. But I win. think I think I can see a nomination. Like, that'd be fine. I could. That'd be cool anyway. Yeah. Mostly just because of that one scene with the Gestapo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was some cool stuff. And I, I, I do notice, I think he keeps getting better at making his movies. Yeah. I, I notice a steady improve. Ah, okay, well, like, improvement in this style. I, I think, like, yeah. uh, the balancing between humor and it would drama be very... that he's, he seems to be playing with. Whereas, like, Hunt, I, I, still, I still say, like, the vampire movie was his best one. But that was yeah. obviously a very different type of movie than he's trying mm-hmm. to make now, so... Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited really to see what he does next. Thor. I guess that's what he does that next. That's what he does next. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that one. That one has that one's an interesting concept. It is, yeah. Anyway, yeah. we'll talk about that when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, and what do we got next week? I think we've got uh, Need for Speed. We'll be talking about Need for Speed next <laughs> Yay, week. Finally. 